what's going on, Josh? Man, I appreciate you being here. Um, it's been, you know, we we don't. We were saying before the show, I don't get to see you as much as I'd like. Um, I enjoy our conversations every time we get together. It's just it's just that natural connection that I I appreciate how much you care about what you do so much. I appreciate you know I've been had fortunate to meet some of your family members as well, and you guys all s- share that same mentality that same aura and and it's it's easy for me to gravitate towards that so i i I wanted to start off by thanking you for everything you've done you've sponsored pretty much every single event we've had all the fashion shows um i don't even have to twist your arm it's just (laughs) gracefully you you you're willing to help out and as as i started meeting you and and getting to know you over the past several years and then through business starting to pick your brain on certain topics and situations i consider you one of those people that um, you're doing some amazing things and there's a lot of things that I want to implement into my life and my business based off of what I've seen you, your business do over the years and everything. So I appreciate you more than I could probably express to you. And, and I genuinely appreciate your time because I know you got a handful of kids now and <laughs> family and all that stuff. So to be away from them is difficult. So thank you. No problem. Uh, definitely. Thank you for all the opportunity, the conversations in general. Yeah. Thank you. You know, it's always nice to, pick somebody's brain who's just as passionate about their industry, being an entrepreneur, being a businessman and understanding the people around them. Uh, Your work with charity, uh, you know, you just have such an open heart to so many charities and you do such great work. So it makes it super easy when I go to our board and I say, hey, I got this guy down in Pittsburgh. He's doing all the right things. He's growing a business. We want to support that entrepreneurial work. We want to support that spirit. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Both ways. Yeah, and, yeah I love it. I Thank love it. you. So I'm assuming that's just something that you guys, and we'll, we'll dive into your story and everything, but I'm assuming that's something that you guys just have always instilled in the in the characteristics and the value of your business is taking care of people, doing what's right and helping the community. I would assume so, right? Yeah, that really has always kind of been not only you know, my father's goal, who runs the business right now and is president, um, but also my grandfather really distilled it um, inside of my father. One of the biggest things was military. That was always something to support, but I can even remember my grandfather used to uh, leave um, fruit baskets and food at Little Sisters of the Poor down here in Pittsburgh anonymously, and they could never figure out who it was. And then years and years later, they finally figured (laughs) out. And I can remember seeing them at his funeral. I mean, 10, 15 years ago, but that, you know, and they're telling you about this man who's your grandfather. And so we've always not only wanted to support our communities, especially in Pittsburgh, um, but our military. And also not only that, but when we view ourselves as employers to our associates, we're supporting their families and their children. That to us is a very important aspect of being business owners, especially in family businesses we're responsible for the mouths to feed our whole leadership team. And and so having that kind of mindset does really encourage people who come to your ESIC label. They say, you know what? I want to stay here. This is a good place. It's not like other places. So, yeah, the, the, the one thing I've realized in business over the last several years is gratitude is everything. And I think that 
that has made the journey be even more fulfilling than it ever could be. And it's one of those things to me that's so simple and it's just, it makes you a happier person every single day. And so many people neglect that and and don't prioritize that. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right whenever you come to gratitude for your associates, their sacrifice, uh, you know, it's hard to ask an associate to work overtime or, or go the extra mile for you. Um, but when they have that gratitude from you and you're clearly showing it, not only by involving yourself in their day to day of, Hey, what's going on in your work? How can I help you as a manager? Because ultimately as a manager or somebody who runs a business, you're the one with the power to help those people that, that are struggling to produce the product you're trying to sell. So finding that out and, you know, starting at that base level with them and making sure that they understand that, hey, I got your back. And then that relationship tends to evolve. And like you said, then they really have that gratitude of, hey, I'm working for a good place. And it, for yourself, it's it's a non-payment reward that feels better than really any money you can get in any business transaction. There's not a dollar value that you can get from somebody that can replace the feeling of seeing somebody smile or appreciate something that you've done for them. And, yeah. and it could be as, as simple as, as seeing somebody at the end of the day, past five o'clock or past quitting hours, whatever time that is, and just walking up to them and like, thank you, I really appreciate you yeah. still being here. Yeah. And, and you know, with what you just said and all that stuff, kind of diving into the team side of things on your business, it sounds like everybody has probably been there for a decent amount of time from a longevity standpoint. Yeah, so our average tenure, I believe right now is around 15 years. Um, and we got a nice mix. We got some people who were 36 years, 32 years. They, I mean, that's longer than I've been born. Yeah. You know, they knew when I was born. Uh, and then we have young guys and, and young ladies who've come in and, you know, there's a power to them as well. And, and then bringing technology, what we were just talking about before we got on here is, you know, that understanding and, and a new outlook on not only how you're doing things in your production facility, but how you're treating your associates and making sure that you have a work environment that everybody feels comfortable in. Um, so yeah, the, the team, um, really is comprised of, of, a you know, a very diverse group, but on every shift and every press cell, we really, uh, push, uh, team effort. Uh, my father's huge in sports. Um, so kind of the way our, our, label uh or our production facility works and then our front office works is we have uh teams and this came from uh lean thinking uh my father read this book called uh the goal by eli goldratt and I'll talk about it a little bit more in a minute but basically what he decided was you know there's waste of motion and movement throughout the facility if i put my sales coordinator who talks to the customer, gets all the information from the sales team, any problem the customer has, um, they take care of it, they put, place the orders, make sure they're right, uh, communicate with the artist. If I put them in the same cubicle as an artist, then they don't have to walk out the next door and mm -hmm. that saves us some time. So you have that and then you have the sales rep in there as well. And so there's this kind of little family that all of our customers, they each of them get you know, one of those families. So it's a little pod per customer, exactly. And, and no it's, kidding. it's delved out between sections of the country, between sales reps. We have a Northeast sales rep. We have a Midwest sales rep. 
So that's kind of how our office is working because you see a lot of lean in production, but you never see it in an office. And uh, and that really started back in the 90s when my father, he, uh, he actually read this book by Eli Goldratt. It's, I have to read that. I have to check it it's, out. It's a great phenomenal business book. One, because it's written in a story form. It's not just, all right, here's the numbers. Here's the practices. It's a guy who's struggling. He has a family. He can't get his plant running. And he starts asking questions after he goes on this hike with his son. Um, you know, how can I produce or make this Boy Scout trip better? Turns into, well, what if I took that into the my business and tried to do that? So my father read this book driving to Chicago. This is as he picked it up. <laughs> one knee holding the wheel, the other one. <laughs> he will admit it every day. He, he said, as soon as I started it, I knew it was like, it's my facility. You know, this was right around back when my father in ni early nineties, I believe he was just taking more of the majority of control from my grandfather. Um, and he said, uh, you know, I read it the whole way to Chicago and I knew this is what we do, need to do. And he came back and where those artists were sitting and where those customer sales rep were sitting, they're now sales coordinators. He tore down all the walls and he said, no, you're all sitting together. And then he went to our press room team and, and this is the power going to the people you work with, you know, getting that information from the ground up. He said, hey, tell me the best way to set this press up without either you guys crossing each other, little waste, and as they practiced on it, practiced on it, practiced on it, it ended up becoming kind of one of our main stamps of, of recognizability in the industry. Um, and, uh, and he's taught hundreds of other uh, label converters, you know, kind of the thought process behind it and how it can be better. Um, anybody who knows Lean, uh, it, can walk into a building and say, this this building's lean, this one isn't. No kidding. Yeah, manufacturing facilities, you know, if you've been in enough of them. I've been in a couple and some of them are very like, what the hell are you thinking? And then some of them, when, when you see those and then you see something that's efficient, it's a no brainer. Why are you even thinking about doing it that way? And, and it's, I think it's hard for businesses when you get set in your way and you start building something. And, you know, I, even for me, you know, we're not a man, manufacturer on, on the front end of things, right? Obviously we make the clothing, but uh, the sales side of things and us building the business, you, Hey, we're doing well, we're growing at X amount uh, or rate every year. Yep. Maybe we don't need to look into things, but you really have to analyze business on a constant basis to, to improve. Exactly. That, that, and that is one of the part of lean thinking is just not only whenever you get to a production part, but just in philosophy in general, whenever, you know, we decide to do this, we saw the efficiencies, we saw the waste come down, we saw everything go up. Um, and and your point right there is, is so well taken because one of the basic lean things, thinkings of uh, lean is 5S. Um, and it goes sort, set in order, standardize, shine, and sustain. So it's essentially like cleaning out your garage. You get everything out you don't want, you put everything in place, you label it all, this is where I want it all to be, so when I know to go get it, I know it's right here. You know, then you clean it all up, but the hardest one of that all is sustain, what you just mentioned, which is you gotta constantly be looking at the aspects of your business, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's quoting. You know, you could be running a great manufacturing facility, but if your quoting's wrong and you're only running something for, you know, a, a two or 3% more, yep. it doesn't matter. So 
that sustain. It's it's as I look at it, I look, I think about just nature in general. Human nature has an entropy. It wants to kind of be knocked down. You think about a beach with sand or a sandcastle. You think about, you know, rivers and erosion. That's nature to kind of want to erode away Mm -hmm. in entropy. With that, you're just taking it into a business and saying, how do I prevent this? You know, Uh, one of the great analogies I've heard on that is a trampoline and you put a bunch of balls on it. There's chaos there, but it creates order out of chaos and leans that real toll to create the order out of the chaos and then keep it in check. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of analogies because it just breaks things down into such simplistic terms. And as you're talking about that, and you, the the thing that clicked right away was the erosion side. You have a river going through a town, all this other stuff, right? And then it slowly starts eroding, evaporating, all that stuff. Well, in business, if you keep the business going the same way and you're not making changes, at some point, time at some point growth at some at some point society is going to grow without you and then you're there still in that same rut filling that same stream mm. which is eventually going to run out that's a really that's really really cool exactly i love that i agree wholeheartedly and, and that's exactly the way you need to be thinking about your business pretty much every day i mean I'm not to the level of my father. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, I mean, every day. So he, so, so that's what I was going to, my next question was going to be, you know, how often do you keep the checks and balances on that stuff? Because a lot of this, a lot of our listeners for the podcast are current business owners, future business owners, um, people that are, Hey, I'm dipping my toe in. I'm trying to figure out, is this something that makes sense or people that are just fascinated with self-improvement and growth and things of that nature. So I think even though these are business philosophies, I think they're life philosophies as well. And it's the same thing with, you know, watching your health and eating certain food, you do these certain things and you don't tweak and you see no results that something's going to happen as you get older. You can't keep eating pizza all the time. You have to watch your cholesterol. You have to watch different issues that you could (laughs) potentially have, which I finally have heartburn for the first time in my entire life. So that's a bad one, man. Dude, it's crazy. So, um, you know, how, how often is that happening for you guys? And how has it always been that way? Did it stem from your grandfather? Then just your dad when he started reading the books, um, and then he just became hyper focused on it. Talk me through a little bit about that. All right. So, I would say you know my my grandfather's version of the company, and I, I don't know if he'd agree with this or not, you know, but. It was kind of more of that 80s style company, you know, it was just, but he, I mean, in general was just a hustler. He, he always was, um, uh, his career more of that, uh, amazing guy looked out for the company and just knew, knew he wanted to do something on his own. So he started back in 1969. He basically was a consultant and he really knew people down, uh, down the strip and he was doing a lot with produce and stuff. So as that went on, you know, he grows his business. He he buys the press. He puts it in his house. So he started one press himself. Yeah, networking in yeah. the strip district of Pittsburgh, and and that's really how it yeah. started. Well, it was in Penn Hills, and so he was networking in the strip district. It, they actually at first, so he started as the AM Eurisa company. Um, and, and funny thing is, I, I have another friend who owns an electric company. They did uh, all the grounding for all the stadiums in Pittsburgh. And his is like AA Electric. I can't remember what it is, Bobby. If you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, I asked him why. I said, that is, his last name's Zafaris. And I said, well, why? And he goes, oh, my grandfather wanted the name at the front of the phone book. And I was like, 
That's, I mean, when you didn't have a phone. Strategy at that point, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So I always respected that. So when my grandfather did, I was like, I wonder if that was the reason. So anyways, he was actually doing like, he would do bows for like baskets with like a hand crank. My dad would be down in the basement doing it in yeah. high school. So one day he, uh, he overordered some labels and he said, you know what? I'm just going to shelf stock these. And it just kind of went from there because somebody ordered... 10 of one, you know, nine, nine cent, 59 cent, 39 cent, 49 cent, you know, how far back we're going yeah, now. For sure. And uh, whenever uh, they were like, no, we wanted one. We didn't want 10 of each. We wanted one and 10 of them. And, uh, and he was like, well, what am I going to do? So he just threw them up on the shelf. And, you know, 52 years later, here we are. Yeah. Um, so eventually it led to him getting a press. He put it in his, in his garage in Penn Hills and my dad would come home from work and he would run the press while my grandfather was out selling, um, you know, the stories of, you know, our van had a hole, you know, in the, and then my grandmother, she's great human being. I love her to death. Still works for the company today. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. She's amazing. One of the biggest pillars of the company. And I love her. I just saw her today. She's Good awesome. You, man. Very lucky. Yeah. Very lucky. Uh, but she, she told me like, no, I was the one picking up the Cadillac collar because he, my grandfather loved to drive a Cadillac because he was selling. He really drive a Cadillac or a Lincoln. Yep. And she was handling the bill collectors while he's out driving that Cadillac sure. trying to make this work, you know? So. <laughs> so so let me just pick your brain or just stop there for a second because I think what you said was really unique. He found, uh, he, he basically was providing a product for someone. He made a mistake on his end, whether, you know, hey, it was just overlook on some capacity, but then he was able to turn that into something. That mistake essentially was the the pillar of the foundation for a business 52 years later strong. Mm. And I, I wanted to stop and just mention that because if you're listening and you're trying to figure things out, right? I didn't want to do suits. Suits were never a business idea of mine. Suits became, hey, this makes sense to try something yeah. because I want to sell clothing to friends of mine and I want to have inexpensive clothing for myself. That's mm. really how it started with your grandfather and what he started with his legacy it was the same situation. He just had an idea, created a product, made a mistake, and that mistake turned into the best mistake that probably could have happened to him. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the that as a whole and then you simplify it, it's the most amazing thing you could possibly think of. Exactly. It changed his life, your grandmother's life, 35 years later, you know, roughly, right? Yeah, your life. My life. And then for, for for your kid's life down the road. And, and the hundreds of employees yep. who get a job, you know, who've been not only with us now, but in and out. I mean, but you're absolutely right. And you have that same thought process. The transition during the pandemic, you know, one of the big things I was like, you know, what's David Allen going to do? But you saw that and you said, I need to pivot. I need to transition. And that's what any good entrepreneur or business owner is doing is, it's reading the market and seeing your customer's demand. It really doesn't matter what you want to do. Yep. It's what your customer wants from you. Yeah. You know, it'd be nice to have some money to dabble <laughs> in some stuff that, you know, and when, you, when you're successful, you can, yeah. and you can do those things. But that is so important to what we talked about before is not staying in that same river bed, you know, making sure you branch off and, and are trying to meet not only either your customers or your market's demands because, 
you just never know when you're going to get a curveball thrown at you. And so you've got to be very flexible and agile when it comes to being a business owner and entrepreneur, just in the business world. And you're, you're really trying to make more of yourself. Yeah. It, so, and, and that's, what's crazy too, because I, you know, I, I had these visions when I started trying to become an entrepreneur and you know, there's that, that graph that you always see on social media when it talks about entrepreneurship and it has the comparison of, you know, you start point here and then the second point straight ahead. <laughs> and then it has all these zigzags <laughs> in between there. And that's what I'm really understanding. And, and a lot of these sayings and a lot of these things that you, that you see on social media, they're cheesy, they're gimmicky, and they talk about the entrepreneurial journey. But then when you live the entrepreneurial journey, you actually see that there's tangible reasons that those yeah. things are. And I, I always try to tell people, like, look, you have a, a starting point and the finishing point you don't know. You have a, a potential direction of where you want to go. But you have to loosely hold on to that line. And when it makes sense to stray, you stray. You don't stray too far, too quickly, because you got to make sure that that straight line is kind of the litmus test from too crazy and too conservative. And I, I struggle on sometimes where my I see the shiny light and I go running towards it. And fortunately, I'm in a spot now where I can do that a little bit easier. And it, if I make a mistake, the financial burden is not as bad because I have a lot of calculated decisions that, mm -hmm. that I, I have along the way to get to that second point. But at the end of the day, you always come back to that center line. Yeah. That's what's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and there's a, there's a bread and butter there almost, but what you're saying is, is so true. And I think, you know, as we talk, you know, and get into the company a little bit more, you'll kind of see some of those checks and balances that we have in place that really, you know, cause we've experienced, you know, going after markets that we were like, well, this, we do stuff close to it. There's a lot of money here. And then, you know, you invest some money in it and then all of a sudden you're like this doesn't make sense and a couple of years ago we really figured out how to make that process work one of the biggest problems we had was we would come up with an idea and it get talked around and i'd be testing it out in production and trying to figure out how to run it sales reps would hear it and they would just offer it Take it and go. And it's, it's not a product, <laughs> you know? And that was- The like, slimy sale. I'm a slimy salesman. <laughs> not a slimy one, but, but I'm a- You know what I'm yeah. saying? Salesman, if they see something that a customer wants, a product, and yep. we got an answer for them, they're, hey, commission's there, man. Yep. I need my commission. I love it. You I love know? It. So um, we actually have these cross-functional teams, <laughs> and I'll get into them a little bit later, yeah. but one of them's uh, product development. And it's really strictly about, all right, what markets do we want to focus on? You know, where's our, our next growth? And also what products do we want to develop for our core businesses? But where's our next growth? What's the opportunity? And then that gets brought to what we call our BIT team. Um, it's our board of officers and it, it gets reported out. So this, this product development team is made up from people all over the company. So there could be a press operator in there there's the R&D manager, there's a sales coordinator, there's a sales rep or two of them, IT could be in there. And so all those people are in there and talking about, because when you're trying to run a product through front to back, you need everybody in it. You need the opinion of how is this gonna affect me? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? How is this gonna, how is this gonna affect their day to day? Because in production, I may not be thinking about a day to day for an artist. But then because I come up with this crazy product line, all of a sudden they're looking at it going, you just threw four hours into my work day. So that, that gives that ability. And we have three CFTs, they're called cross, excuse me, cross-functional teams. 
And so I had the product, uh, the order fulfillment one, which is the order to the shipping. There's a pre-order, which is the order in to me. And then there's product development, which is develop the product to pre-order. And so my two sisters, Elizabeth and Kristen, uh, love them to death. Always, uh, you've met at least Elizabeth yeah, a couple yeah. times, yep. right? Yep. Kristen, I'm still trying to get you to uh, meet, but this whole pandemic thing went down. She actually, I had her planning on coming to the fashion show oh, this nice. past yeah, time. Yeah. I remember you said that, yeah. Yeah, but she's uh, she's amazing. Uh, both of them wouldn't be able to do what I do, nor the company without them. They yep. are just brilliant, brilliant people. Um, and uh, in, in the end, uh, they both head up that uh product development in the pre-order. So once every week, um, we talk to the board of officers about what that team has been doing, mm -hmm. what we've been working on, what we've identified, the problems we're fixing. So this leaves upper management the ability to not have to get down into those real weeds. Um, and obviously we're in the upper management as well, but it allows, especially the president, to not have to deal with three different There's things. a million things that they're all presidents doing for a business. And, exactly. Yeah. And yep. so right now our president's actually had a sales too. So <laughs> yeah. So, but in the end, it allows that free time up and him to be able to just approve and the vice presidents to approve. Um, and it allows us to work at a much faster pace because not only that, I don't have all the time in the world to fix everything in production. So I'm allowed to delve out that kind of, uh, delve out that kind of work and it's all just about continuous improvement mm -hmm. so that's really how we kind of keep a check on things as we as we go through our weekly and we meet every friday at two for an hour and a half and really discuss the entire company or just the up board or just the board yep. but this the cross-functional teams we meet every week as well and we go through metrics that we've decided on that are important you know uh sales dollars versus uh orders in um, I'm looking at quality, not only that, but I'm looking at, uh, procedure audits, you know? So we talked about that entropy as I want my teams to do procedures to ensure good quality. When I don't get that answer, there's an audit checklist I have for my managers to do every day. And so they'll walk through and say, okay, do you have this splice in a paper mark? The splice could cause an issue because it's basically where the papers get met together. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a red tape there. It needs to be edited out. So they're checking. All right, did you make sure that that you're taking those out? And it's those little things, those little attentions to detail that really enable a company to just push forward together and get the buy-in from the associates of, hey, we're going to run good product. We're going to serve our customer to 100% quality we want. And if we're not, it's not your fault. But tell me how we can fix it. That way. I'll take it to the CFT. We'll figure out a way to get it fixed, and then you won't have that issue anymore. And and that's really cool and and actually unique from a standpoint of I'm not here to blame anybody. Let's just work as a team to get better. And I think I think a lot of business owners and I struggle with it too. Is like you know you 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 see a situation and you're like oh shit we made a mistake here it cost X amount and in, in the earlier stages in a business it's hard right uh, yeah. when every dollar matters and you know not that it doesn't at a different stage <laughs> but you know, you, 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 you run super lean in the beginning of stages and versus a, a business that's been around to the length that you guys have. And we had that issue in, in the early stages when Alvin was with me and working with me, him and I would butt heads and, and it was all in a great capacity. There was never any malice towards yeah. that. 
but it was that when things got tight and sales weren't coming in and we had these expenses that were here and, mm-hmm. and the, and the, and the sales that were coming in were half of that. And you just had to figure out a way to get there. The, there was a lot of stress with that. And to hear you say, Hey, you know, let me talk to you about this. You know, let me know where we can get better and improve is something that's really important because it, co- it does a couple of things in my opinion. One, it tells your teammate, Hey, we're in this together. Like this is not, you're, you're not an employee of mine. You're a teammate of mine. Exactly. And that's more important than anything. And they should feel a part of the team and a family because they are a part of the mm-hmm. team and the family. And then it also just says, Hey, I'm, I'm willing to, you're the one that's in this every single day. You're the professional. You're the, you're the one that's diving deep. Mm-hmm. I know what you're doing. And I know that world because I've done it as I've grown the ladder here but you're the professional, not me. So explain to me in a way that makes sense, bring me a problem and bring me a solution to that problem, or at least an idea. And I'd love to hear you out. And, yeah. and it probably works well that way. Yeah. They, I think it's, I think it's powerful, not only because they feel heard, you know, and it's their job and they're taking pride in it, but it also is extremely important because I, me, myself, I always want to approach life, whatever I look at things, as putting myself in other people's shoes. I think that's super important to put myself in other people's shoes. You know, whenever I look at my life, I've I've had a pretty blessed life. You know, there's ups and downs here and there, but pretty blessed life. But when I had my downs, I remember those. And then when I see people with downs that are even more extreme than mine, like crazy, 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 you're like, you know, so I, for me, I feel it's so important to put yourself in your shoes. And it's simple for me when I go out on the floor because I've done it and I, I put myself in that, in that mm-hmm. position. And so it's, hey, you know, let me help you out. We're a team like you talked about. And in the end, it's, it's better for everybody. It's better for the company. You get results. And, and I got to say, I, you know, and it's something that I teach to my managers and they'll tell you they've learned 95% of the times if you go in, somewhere where there's a problem and you don't go in yelling if you're in charge and you go in and you go, hey, what's going on? Tell, tell me your side of the story, what's happening here? You get 95% of the time a legitimate answer that makes sense and you're like, okay, I could see that going on here, so how did it happen? And that's, and then, you know, you're, and it's, I think it's something we share in common is we like problem solving. Yeah. We like this, we like to see a problem and go, okay, how can we fix that? And, and one of the most important things for me is I don't wanna just fix it for you. I want to fix it for now anybody in the shop who comes across this problem that they already have it solved for them. Yeah. Because why leave a stick in the road for somebody else to trip on when you're all working towards the same goal? Because it's going to be there again if you don't correct it. And do you, so you mentioned about um, the approach and talking to somebody about a situation, right? Where, where I could admit that I am oftentimes trying to keep that in top of mind. And whether it's with a client, whether it's with, you know, people that work with me, whatever the case may be, I, I tend to have to go back at times and, and catch myself from getting mad and just saying, okay, cool, let's stop. Let's breathe. Let's figure this out. Hey, it's not life and death. So don't be mad about it. Get the real story and get the whole story, mm. whether that's a, a client has a suit. And, you know, the, like I dealt with a situation the other day, good friend of mine, um, very successful gentleman. And um, he t- he gives me a call. And we did a, a tuxedo for a wedding for him. Yeah. And it's, it was $2,000. So it was an expensive high end product. Yeah. Right. And when you pay that kind of money, you expect a certain service yeah. product. <laughs> totally understandable. Yeah. Right. And I, I sent it to him. 
and he, he says, hey, I'll be there tomorrow to check it out. He's in, in, in a different state, and he throws it on. Then I get this message. He's like, can we talk? I'm like, oh, fuck, I know yeah. what's coming from this. <laughs> so he gets me on FaceTime, and he's reviewing the product and everything, and I'm looking at it, and in the in the video, it's a little choppy, and I'm like, oh, fuck, man. He goes, this isn't an $1,800 suit or $2,000 suit. He goes, I could have got five, spent $500 and got a better suit like this. And in the in the video, I'm like, damn, he's right. Like, yeah. what's going on here? And then the old me would have would have instantly gone on my email, hit up my manufacturing partner. Hey, we, I need on? this in two weeks. Yeah. This is crap. What are you guys doing? Why, you know, this is this and this is wrong. And what I did this time was because he needed it for a specific time, middle of May. Mm. And I, we're, we're super bogged down with production. So I wanted to get ahead of it. So I just simply sent my manufacturing partner an email and just said, hey, I just wanted to give you a heads up. This is the fabric. This is the potential situation. I'm having it overnighted to me tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to take a look at it in person before I make a decision yeah. on what the next steps are. But I just wanted to simply email you to give you a heads up to get it on your radar. And then I get the, the garment the next day and I look at it and I'm steaming it again. And I'm, I'm checking. I'm like, man, I'm actually proud of this thing. This yeah. thing looks great. <laughs> and then I took some videos. I showed some things that I should have pressed it a little nicer. I should have steamed it a little mm -hmm. nicer. He was going to take it to his own guy. So I didn't put as much attention as in I should. Yeah. Note to myself moving forward, don't ever do that again. Just, yeah. Make it as presentable regardless of what they say. But what I'm kind of getting at with that is I, in the past, have gone off the handle and been like, what the fuck? Like, why is this wrong? Why? And taking, A, what the client said first and, and taking that with 100% and then, and then laying that on somebody else. And then I, I, I was actually, it was a proud moment for myself because I'm like, I'm growing. I'm mm -hmm. getting better. And that's really, really hard. And I try to also implement that into my daily life. Yeah. And there are things with friends, family, relationships, all that stuff. And it's still hard, especially with family because you're so close with mm -hmm. them. It's they're an easier victim if you want to get mad, right? <laughs> and I, I hate to say that, but it's just, it's easier yeah. to be mad at people no. you love the most. It is. And um, so hearing you say those things, I wanted to ask you, are you very well trained at keeping cool at going into things? I'm sure there's situational price mistakes. If it's a bigger mistake, you get more of a headache, but do you ever catch yourself? Or are you pretty groomed with, with, with doing it the right way in business? I, I, a personal life, I, you know, you try to implement it, you know, and, and you really do having two toddlers. Well, yeah. <laughs> can, so that's a little, take the two toddlers out of the equation. Cause I see my siblings with their kids and I get yeah. it. It's, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Who I love Quentin and Sylvia. I love you. Um, but, uh, in business, I really, it, but it took me a long time. Uh, one thing my dad always says to me, he's like, you could have 100 wind days, 200, 300 wind days, but that one day where you blow up, you show up and, and you're, you have a bad attitude or you're yelling at people or that's remembered throughout that whole 200, 304, you can reference back all those days, hey, I was great, I managed great. And uh, you know, th thanks to my dad, you know, his, a lot of his coaching has got me to a point, you know, in the past four or five years where really I feel like I've been able to make that transition. Um, and a guy named Paul Browse, um, who's an excellent guy, he actually, I probably should have called him out, shout out to Paul Browse. He uh, used to be the head of Mark Andy, a press manufacturer. He's now a consultant, but he's the one who came up with the cross-functional team ideas. Um, he sits on our uh, board of directors, just a brilliant gentleman. I've learned so much from him. Um, but as as that came in, as I got coaching for my father and, and Paul Browse is coaching on, 
you know, go ask the questions. Don't go in there, you know, all upset. And then as I kind of got that learning over the past five years and, you know, really kind of honed it in and watched others of my managers going in, you know, that's the big thing when I would see that and I'd be like, and then I'd walk in and I'd go, what's wrong? And the guy would tell me, I'd be like, you have a legitimate reason for this not to be working. And I just had a manager blow up at you, you know? And so when you see that happen, you immediately, you're like, we gotta change, we gotta change now. Because I, I would never wanna work for that. Um, so over these past five years, especially with that training, Paul Browse actually does have a book out. Um, I cannot, I'm sorry. Um, no, that's right. But I'm apologizing to Paul if he's yeah. listening to this, but uh, it's, it's about um, uh, generational transition but also about cross-functional teams. It's a brilliant book told in the same type of way as Eli Goldratt, and it goes through the cross-functional teams. You have to send that to the name when you get it. I will. I, I'm, I'm always looking to add different reading and, and whatnot, and that sounds like uh, something I need. Yeah, sure. he's, he's great. And he really, he's, Browse and my father have always been kind of those even-toned guys that, you know, that they you know when they need the respect and they want the room and the microphone, you know. But they're always listening, you know. One of the things my father always told me too is General Washington always said a good general listens to his commanders. Yeah. And that really stuck with me because those, like you said, those are the people in the muck, in the mud, doing the work for you, uh, you know, converting materials into dollars. And so, I mean, your number one goal should be how do I make this person's job as easy as possible. Um, sometimes I'll get a little pushback from some harder workers. They're like, well, why don't we just dumb it, everything down? And <laughs> I'm like, it would be brilliant. I would love that. Yeah, <laughs> so, of course. So I could bring anybody in the door and do this. But I think it's so important to do that. And, and honing that skill has given me an even greater ability to go in and find out what's wrong and help fix it because they want to talk to me. They know I'm going to listen and try to figure out what is hindering them and what can potentially make their day better because they've seen the improvement and they understand that, oh, he's just trying to make my day easier, you know, or, yeah. or actually we, you know, when I, when I say he, I got to preference it with the whole YL team, your label team, uh, board of directors, managers, the whole way down through, none of this stuff would be possible without great. Yeah. They actually are. Of course, of course. So, so take me back to um, your pap. And he orders the labels, mm -hmm. shelves the uh, additional labels, and um, next steps for you know the, the business, the direction for him, and uh, kind of talk me through that that next step. So he kind of went, um, he kind of went a couple different buildings, and just growing, you know, trying to grow, but selling, out selling all the time. We talked about the Cadillac. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my father at the time he had that '78 uh, Bandit Trans Am. Oh, yeah, that's oh, what yeah. he was yeah, driving. Yeah, yeah, good for with him. the Phoenix on oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> he turned it in. With the Will Ferrell one from old school. Yeah, <laughs> he turned it in for uh, for uh, a white van to deliver labels. It's, that's a commitment <laughs> right there. <laughs> it's one of his stories. And I, I just, because I'm like, man, I was like, that that car is just legend. And you just, and he's like, I, 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 we needed to do deliveries. I needed a white van. Did he ever get a replacement car? That was, uh, nah, that would be a hell of a gift from you. It would be. <laughs> I don't know if I can find one of those now, but it, it w definitely would be. Yeah. And, uh, and I got the six brothers and sisters. Maybe they can help me chip in they on They can that. all chip in at this point. 
Um, so yeah, but uh, um, you know they grow into a couple different buildings, keep growing. Finally, still in Penn Hills at this point. They they moved um, to I believe it was Penn Trafford mm-hmm. at a time, uh, and then Irwin, or it might be Irwin Penn Trafford, one or the other. And then we put a facility out in like Murraysville Export, mm-hmm. PA. That's kind of the facility I remember growing up in. I can remember, you know, we had, we had these huge masters of uh, labels mm-hmm. uh, or label stock. And uh, as I was a kid, I would just run on them, you know, yep. um, and just run across them, all those things. I could just remember growing up in that building. Uh, it's actually like, when I leave the company for like a week or two, when I ever get a chance, I walk back in and the smell yep. from that label stock like brings me back course, to my childhood. So that, we, that had to be such a cool, like, I mean, think about the memories that were made in there and yep. like the, the you know, to me, traditions and, you know, things like that with family are so valuable to keep the memories alive. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's something that, that's a motivation for me for building the business on my end is, man, like, I'm not going to be here forever. Yeah. I, I want to have kids at some point. I want to pass something on to them and I want them to have a family. And, you know, I hope my son grows up if I have a, a child that wants to be in fashion and wants mm-hmm. to be a part of this. And if not, it is what it is. Yeah. But I can, I can, I get excited hearing you talk about this stuff because there's so much more than just business behind what mm-hmm. you guys are doing. And, and that's that I just keep saying that, but that's so impressive. But yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah. Thank I didn't you. mean to, to chime in on that one. No, you're good. You're good. Um, so yeah, but it, you're right. There's that legacy there and so and you're right there's there's those traditions i got guys who worked in that facility who saw me running on and could recall me running on the i got plenty of stories with guys where yeah our lunch breaks you know i said it was very 80s you know my dad would they'd be out playing softball for like an hour and a half yeah and they'd be like we really got to get back my dad would be like one more inning (laughs) my dad's saying that you know so uh but as he reads the goal, uh, Eli Goldratt, you know, and he decides, you know what, I, I really want to kind of transform the business into what, you know, this is talking about. I want us to be lean. I want us to, you know, not, because we had things like somebody would run jobs. We'd have press operators run jobs and they'd sit for weeks and they would need edits in them. And the guy who came in to slit them never talked to that guy. So he had no idea going on. So you have these, I mean, that's just one of the problems. So you can see the need for it. Um, 1998, they broke ground in our new chem facility, Mm -hmm. which is the facility we are in now. Um, My father's extremely proud of it because my grandfather was still alive. I believe he was alive for three more years. Um, This is a man who, he he had both legs amputated. Your grandfather? And still would drive to work every day. No kidding. Yeah. Good, yeah. good for him. I good. mean, this man, he's just, you yeah. know, he's he's inspiring. And, yeah, of and course. you get a lot of, you know, you're like, I can't let this fail. Look at what this guy did. You know? did, did were those health reasons that he yeah. lost? Yep. Diabetes. Yep. He, uh, he uh, had diabetes in the end of his life. Well, uh, you know, at some point. Yep. Ended up losing both legs because he's stubborn guys. And I'm going to still smoke. I'm going to do what I want. You know? Different generation, different exactly. mindset. Yeah, of course. And he, you know, survived the Korean War. Korean War, War yes. Yeah, you, know, so. you, you go through that stuff. It's just, it's a fuck it. I live my life type I'm going to live my life. Yeah. So, but, you know, super proud for my dad. And he built the facility to kind of reflect, you know, he didn't have to tear down walls now. He could build the walls that would reflect, you know, our pods, like you talked about, our cells. So, and and throughout this whole period, 
we're really solely converting for, uh, and when I say convert for people who don't know what we're talking about, or pro we probably should at least cover this, mm -hmm. uh, we convert um, labels for the fresh meat industry, produce industry, now uh, moving much more into uh, pharmaceuticals. Produce is still one of our, our biggest growing ones. Pharmaceuticals, beer, wine, we've, we've done some champagne. Uh, nutraceuticals, Axe and Sledge down. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, shout guys. out yeah. to Axe and Sledge. Yeah. We do all their labels. Good for so, you. So, yeah, if you look at, like, that textured look and all that stuff, that's all stuff that we're bringing to the table. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but uh, that's typically what we deal in. And so, as my father wanted to grow the company, uh, he came up with a couple lines that he really liked and, and honed them. Um, stuff other people weren't doing. You, can, you know the benefit mm -hmm. of that. Um, one was a multi-layer label, and it's called a, an EFC or an Easy Fresh Cooking label. And so the thought process was, and one of the major powerful things my father and my sisters do is we go out and we do marketing research, third-party marketing research. And as they go out to sell, they bring that third-party marketing research to it. Not only that, we partner with the National Beef Association, the USDA, mm -hmm. and people like that to make sure that, hey, and now we're partnering with, you know, uh, there's um, produce organizations who will let us present these findings at their at their large events. So that's always that's a good big thing for it. But so my father comes up with this idea though, and through this this research, he's like, okay, people want 15 minutes easy cooking. Show them a shot of the plate when they open it up. It tells them how to care for the meat. And then it tells them the recipe. Mm -hmm. It was like kind of like Instagram videos before Instagram, of course. you know. So that, that was part of the labels that you guys. Yeah, you would open I, it I know up. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, my father. And so they're they're all over the place right now. But my father saw one and he was like, this is something that the meat industry needs to communicate, you know, because in the meat industry, you have, you know, how do you cook? you know, a chicken thigh. A lot of people get intimidated by that, yep. you know, or, or a roast or, you know, a corned beef steak. How do you, how do you cook that? So whenever you give that information to people, it's much more powerful for them to go, okay, I'm not as intimidated. This is simple. Sure. So that really through early nineties to 2010 was really our bread and butter. Uh, but my father really saw, you know, in meats, a summertime product, people are grilling. And in the winter, yeah, he, you know, it'd go down a bit. So he saw a need. He was like, we really need to get kind of out west or down south. And we need to get into his kind of thought process was always get around the fresh spot of the perimeter, which worked out, especially in the pandemic. I mean, <laughs> but um, he was like, OK, we'll go for meat and then we'll go into dairy, and bakery and produce and see because we serve these people. And the reason why we serve them so well is it's it's very fast pace because it's fresh food once it's chopped up it's got to yeah it's got to get there you know so that's kind of been one of our speed of fresh is one of our uh, slogans is hey we'll get it to you quick on time you know and it's going to be right mm -hmm. so he saw that and he was like okay so if we have this you know ability and this kind of watermark on our company let's move into other industries that really share a very similar need um so you know over the past 10 years really have been growing and and infiltrating produce um and uh 
and Bakery, DeLalo is another uh, large account. They went from our like 15th to our number seven account. No okay, through the pandemic? Uh, yeah, through the pandemic. I mean, they I mean, they just have so, if you've ever been to one of their stores or in the grocery, they just have so much yeah. stuff. You so know? I went to college with Dave DeLalo, oh, okay. who's cousins of the, the Greensburg Food DeLalo. Yeah. Um, and they had the restaurant out by South Hills Village Mall DeLalo's, mm-hmm. it was an Italian spot. I never met the other half of that that yeah. family or anything, but I see their name in all everywhere. Yeah, I mean, and and they they're a different type of market for us because their bakery, their you know, their olives, their biscottis and things, they're different constructions, mm-hmm. and that's always been something really interesting, you know, to delve into for people when you're developing a product line like that EFC or you get into an in a different industry and you're like, we can print that, but there's a couple things going on with it you always have those stumbles of whether it's application um, or just their quality expectation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I always try to tell sales uh, associates who are coming to me with new business, I'm like, listen, you might have a stumble here. I'll make it right, we'll make it right, we'll get it back to them. You know, if it's a problem that I have no idea what's going on, I need them to send it back to me, so, but, We'll make it right. And yep. that, that's something you really always want to give your salespeople is the assurity that, hey, no matter what, I'm going to get your person the stuff they need because yep. that's what their word is on. Um, so, yeah, that that's been, that was very interesting kind of moving into that. Had a couple of hiccups, but Delalo's grown very well for us. Uh, we're very proud of the work we're doing for them. Um, and then, as I said, you know, uh, Axis Sledge, a couple other nutraceuticals, pharmaceuticals. We just got a new Chicago rep who's been bringing in a lot of cannabis and cannabinoids mm-hmm. and things like that. One of the large needs in that that she finds is uh, instead of a label, which is pressure sensitive is what we run, which means, you know, you press it and it sticks. Mm-hmm. She sees a lot of need for flex pack, which is, um, you know, anything that like comes in in like a bag. Like a poly bag or something. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And she's like, hey, I have a ton of work that, you know, my people I know in these industries. In the cannabis? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of and, course. And uh, everywhere. Yeah. She's like, if we can run this. So that's something that pre-order uh, or the product development team has been looking at is, is okay, what's it take? Because right now we run stuff that really doesn't go directly on food. So we're like, okay, what do we need to get certified? Because that's a selling point, too, for your sales rep is, hey, we're this certified, so you know you know we're 99.9% clean and mm-hmm. you know hygiene's up and you know all these things are selling points, but we've, we're looking at, okay, so what's the investment and what's the return on, on this flex pack and doing that due diligence, but so that's where we're kind of looking to grow. But over these past 10 years, that's really been the focus is that and especially learning that lean improvement is always continuous. Right. You're always got, like you said, you've always got to be reanalyzing every aspect at least, you know, once or twice a week of the business saying what's going on here and, and, and looking at metrics that you've decided are important to your bottom dollar. Yeah. Um, so yeah, after that and, and the growth there, we, we actually grew to a meet, uh, uh, a meat packer um, who is actually based in Compton, California. No kidding. Yeah, it's uh, called Golden West Food Groups. 
Um, one of the bigger things they do is like all the Jack Daniels sauce stuff. Yep. So that we're putting those labels, any For Jack the bottles of that yeah, yeah. barbecue sauce, yeah, yeah, any yeah. Jack Daniels stuff you're see, you're seeing, we're printing it. Um, they're coming out with marinades actually. They're little cool like uh, like flask bottles. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's a good. That's idea. sweet. Yeah, dude. Um, but they, that's like their like their little thing. They do just meat, just crazy, and so. They grew to our number one customer over the past two or three years, and now we're saying, and they're always saying, hey, can I get this tomorrow? And that customer, they get it. Whatever they want, they get. You get absolutely, tomorrow. Absolutely. If there's one customer I know I can't say no to. It's just always a yes. How, how do you, so companies like that, customers like that, that get in touch with you, is that something you meet through trade shows? Is that because you've done so well in the industry for 50-some years, combination of the two? Is it you knew somebody? How does that, that relationship fester? I think that, I think there's both of those things going on. I think especially the name that my father's built through the work he's done, not only in TLMI, which that's who I'm wearing right here, hashtag label leaders, TLMI, it's tag label manufacturing Institute. Um, it's a converter and supplier group that meet uh, twice majorly a year and twice, two times other times a year to kind of go over financials and planning. But it's just us coming together and really, you know, talking about problems in the industries, issue in the industries, new tech in the industry. And that for us, uh, and I know my father especially, really values uh, what we get out of being parts of, of these uh, industry institutes. Um, and so the other side of it, though, is there's the sales side of those institutes. And so, you know, the National Pork Board, you know, uh, the chicken count, National Chicken Council. There's one for produce. My sister's like huge on. She'd probably kill me because yeah. I can't remember it. <laughs> um, but, you know, getting the opportunity to go there and share our knowledge. Um, and then when you have the other aspect of it and people in TLMI, they reach out and they go, oh, yeah, no, we know Euresic. Euresic's a top tier company. Um, and then you go to one of those and you have that kind of reputation and you're making presentations and you're, and you're people are naturally trying to flow to you, want to talk right. to you. There's so much power in just making those connections, as you know, throughout your industry and, and outside of it, because you never know, yep. you know. So that that's something that's so unique and powerful. And I, I you know, I want to always try to drop some nuggets and, and different things for other business owners. And even though it's a different industry, right? The, the unique thing about what you just said there is, think about the consistency over time with building the business. Everything has stayed true to the foundation, the core values of the company, the, the team, right? Well, that leads to opportunities to have um, seats on different boards or mm -hmm. being part in different associations, right? So then now, now not only are you, hey, not only are you growing every single year and every single day in, in the, the team camaraderie, the, the sales numbers, your annual revenues, um, the other opportunities that come from that, right? But now you also become a referral source from, from people who that are on these boards that you've done such a great job as a company and a team that every experience or the majority of experiences, the vast majority of experiences you've had with organizations they're, they're, they know by them saying, hey, this is who you need to use. Use your ESIC label for this because they're also doing work with a million other companies across the country mm -hmm. or across the world. And then that becomes an easier referral source for you guys. Hey, now you have the CEO of this company, the CEO of this company, or the sales rep from another company reaching out to you directly 
through the channel that you've created through that relationship. Exactly. And, and I always say like, if you compare it and you simplify, right? Look at my business. When I started, I was selling suits for $400, losing money pretty much every, t- every time I sold a suit. The amount of mistakes I made, the people I didn't know I could talk to, the people yeah. that I needed to talk to that I had no idea who could help me, right? And then five, six years later, my network of clients is, is, a, is a bigger network. The name is a lot bigger of a name. The reputation is, has grown over the years. So now it's a lot easier for me to make a call to get an ask for something, something or it's a, a, you know, I had a fitting earlier today with a gentleman that said, hey, like I used to buy off of one of your competitors and I just continue to hear great things about you. And I just, I, I just want to give you guys an opportunity. Yeah. So, so why I say that is because is you're growing and building a business. What's important is always just staying true to who you are and staying true to the consistency of success and what gets you there. Because the more successful you become, obviously the more successful you become, number one. Mm. But what comes from that is the later years in your future just get easier. And you, as they get easier, you just have to work even harder and even smarter because you're getting more business in. So now you have to juggle more. Mm -hmm. You have more strain on your company brand on your own internal person Mm -hmm. as to try to get to those levels. But if you can maximize things, if you could put the processes in to simplify things like you guys have done, when you get to those next levels in business, it's, it's, it's a lot less painful to, to make the mistakes that are naturally going to happen because you don't avoid those. Right? <laughs> and even for a 52-year-old business, you're still going to make mistakes. But the, the mistakes are, are far less severe. Mm. And, and did you try, I mean, sometimes you have one, but you try with all your might to kind of avoid those mistakes because, like I said, you've, you've tried to pick up every stick that's on the road behind you. Um, but you, your, your point's so excellent because your reputation is everything. Um, and if you're doing the right things, working the right way, treating your associates right, that, that's where you want to make sure that that you're doing the, the things the correct way because you never know. We've had people who are at a company that we're trying to penetrate, we're trying to sell. The person there, they like us, but there's people there who, there's always politics sometimes, buyers, not like, I like this person because, you know, and so, but, you know. They may be getting tickets for a game. They may be getting a a Christmas gift every year. I've had people getting iPads, you know, but in the end, sometimes you never know what will happen. We've had people, okay, you get a call a couple years later. Oh, no, I left that company. I meant this company now. And you're like, wait, this company that's, you know, three times the size. And they're like, yeah, yeah, And And you guys are the guys. I, I finally get the choice. And I make the decision it, at this point. So here we go. Exactly. And so you just, you never know. And, and just making sure that you carry that reputation through even something bad like that, where you're like, you know, I'm not going to react to this and I'm not going to, you know, say bad things about this company or ignore them. You know, I made a great contact there. Like, you know, we talked about just making those contacts is so important. And whenever you get, you know, opportunities like that, you realize the power of just saying, you know what, every situation I'm going to approach the way is this could be a number one client someday. You know, let's make sure we get them the things that they need to, to you know, give me a chance because that chance that's all you're just going to get one. And so you got to make that experience, you yeah. know, uh, uh, at least a unique enough or enjoyable enough experience where the person goes, yeah, no, I, I could come back to them because guess what? I, I like what they're doing. There. Yeah. And, and another point to that, too, is it gives you an opportunity to fuck up yeah. because 
if you even if you mess up and you make a mistake, we, we're all gonna do it, right? But say you get a new opportunity with a business and and your communication is on point, your your turnarounds on point, the service is on point, and something comes in, it's just a little off, which could happen. There's human error, there's machine error, there's transportation and logistical so errors. <laughs> there's, there's errors that I didn't know the store and clothing at a certain temperature changed things, right? So it's yeah. it's stuff along the way that you just you you there's things that happen. Who mm. knew that that big freight ship would get stuck in in you know in the middle of the uh, after whatever Suarez yeah yeah like <laughs> and then that bogs stuff down for us like who knew those things were gonna who knew there was gonna be a global pandemic exactly so I always try to tell people is look be the best that you can be make sure you provide the right service and if you mess up hey I messed up let me make it right give me an opportunity mm-hmm. to make it right and at the end of the day if somebody doesn't allow you that opportunity and you've done everything right so be it. You've done, you've done your best. Yeah, you, so you, be it. You've, you've done what you think to your core ability makes you a good person, a good company. And that's where, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you hear from other people some things going on, other companies and things like that, and you're like, how could how could anybody ever work for a company like that? There's a know? lot of companies like I know. that. And, and so I'm, I'm a bit naive. And so it's funny, though, I'll talk to like sales, you know, new hires who are, you know, more like sales rep salaries, things like that. And they'll be like, hey, you know, we love, I love your benefits package. I'm like, you can't talk to me about that because I, I grew up with my father. I'm like, I didn't realize it until I was like 28. Yeah. And I started having kids that, oh, wow, we have this benefits package is really, you know. I'm glad my dad did this. <laughs> which is super, excuse me, which is super naive of me. And, and, you know, that's all part of that learning process of, you know, wow, my father just built, has built a great company with uh, my grandfather. These are the core values of it, making sure our employees' health is taken care of, making sure that their family is taken care of. Um, you know, that that is really went so far in developing me and my sisters. And then the rest of our management team, you know, they, they all really understand and our associates do that we're going to do right by you. And the reason why we're going to do that is we're going to do right by our customer too. And the best way to serve our customer is to keep you guys happy, healthy, and your family in a very comfortable living situation. You know, so that's, you know, our next step is out to the West Coast, looking like Phoenix, and transporting this culture that we have. Um, About six people out there to start up that West Coast facility to serve customers like Golden West, there's a couple other major ones in produce as a missionary grower, um, dates, Sundays. I mean, you wouldn't imagine the amount of dates people eat in this okay. country. I just saw a thing. Uh, if you eat three three dates a day, it had a picture of like the the you know the muscular uh, muscular portion of the body and how healthy it is for human beings. I didn't I knew nothing about yeah, that. I, I, <laughs> it was just my ironic. father, my father keeps trying to understand why. He's like, I wonder if it's a holiday that people are doing. I found something. I was watching a show and they're like, it sweetens vegan food. Okay, so. I was like maybe that's it with the trend of every <laughs> yeah, yeah of with everything you know it's like maybe that's some of it you know but in the end it's like i'm not going to complain about this but yeah so you know we looked at the way we kind of started this process was all right what makes where it makes sense for us what's around our customers because naturally our customer was saying 
I want you in my backyard, like next door. Yeah. You know? Um, and I wasn't going to put the place in Compton. No offense, I'm sure there's lovely people in Compton. I love but the music that comes out exactly. of Compton, but I don't want to live there. Exactly. So, um, but anyway, so, which it's, it's, I think it's extremely interesting that Compton has this huge facility and this ability to, you know, create jobs. But so we looked in LA, though. We looked in Sacramento. We looked in Reno. We looked in uh, Las Vegas. Did you physically go on these trips or did you have no, your team or? Not because of COVID. Typically, we probably would have each. So we had one person heading each kind of team and we'd come back to bit each week and we'd report out on, okay, this is what I found out about it. You know, we, we put a template together mm-hmm. and that, that's a huge thing that uh, we love to do is a lot of visualization up on boards, uh, reporting out daily on boards. Um, and then not only that, but like, you know, for our internal interviews, we have standard templates for that. For our uh, our raises and things like that, we have just metrics and things that we're getting. So we're going by your quality for the year, your attendance for the year, your throughput for the year. That's making 25% up, 25% up. We're letting our numbers do the talking and, mm-hmm. and that's how we're giving our raises out. Same thing with this. We said, okay, there's gonna be a section for housing. How much does it cost to rent this much? How much does it cost to rent? How much does it cost to buy? You know, what are the water permits? What are the electrical permits? What do the facilities look like? What's there to do it? You know, and each team had the same template. So when we come in and we'd send it out the day before, so when you come in, you knew everything that we'd found on each of those six cities. So as we went over them, we kind of had votes as we went through and found things out. California got eliminated in the first couple rounds because the taxes, everything like that. It just, I mean, we talked to people out there who were customers and they were like, why would you want to move here? Yeah, and everybody's leaving. Mass exodus yeah, to California exactly. anyway. Exactly. So, um, and you said, what, you said Phoenix? Phoenix, uh, Las Vegas, and Reno were the final three. Um, so recently it came down pretty much to Las Vegas and Phoenix. So suburbs a little bit outside. Henderson's outside of Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Goodyear outside of Phoenix or like uh, Glendale. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so nice areas. Um, and All I actually beautiful. just went, the reason why I had to cancel on 420, we didn't get to hang, was because I was out in Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> a legit excuse <laughs> on my favorite national holiday, but. Exactly, and they had recreational, <laughs> so I was, I was happy. I was celebrating. Sorry without no, you. No, I was celebrating here, so not yeah. a big deal at all. <laughs> but, um, so I went out there, you know, and really just, you know, we went to see the facilities. Uh, one of the main things is the facilities, a huge thing. That, on top of the logistics of getting the equipment ordered and it coming together has yeah. really been so very similarly we started a master uh list of what equipment do we want to run out there for these west coast customers we've identified um in this now we have another thing and it's the bit plan for the budget and things mm-hmm. and so the very first thing in that is what are the potential of these top 12 customers of california or in the west coast What's their growth over the next three years? Can a facility support this while we support sales back here and still maintain this place? And really analyze it. And so what we like to do is produce three-year budgets or five-year budgets based off of 0% growth. The, the fact that we do nothing, which we know we never just, not, you know our company, we'd never not do nothing. Right. But we want to see it. 0%, 5%, 
then 10%. Sometimes we'll do a stretch to like 12 if we're really feeling. Like right now we're running at 18% from last year. So we're feeling really good about ourselves. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, we're really happy. But so we look at, we do all that and then we're looking at the predicted growth of it. And then we're saying, yeah, no, this, this makes sense in three years. These customers should be at this dollar amount. This is the cost of a facility. This is the cost. These are all the things we need. I mean, in this list, is, you're just sitting there and, you know, months go by and you're like, oh, no, I need I need a plate mounter. I forgot it. Yep. There's little things. They add up. The last time we got uh, a new press, we had forgot to put cylinders on it mm-hmm. $48,000 later, you know, and you're like... <laughs> Shit, you don't, you know, out of sight, yeah, out of mind. Yeah, of I, I, won't, I won't forget that one again. Yeah. And the cylinders aren't there, you know. So, you know, just being super, super diligent about that, you know, we, we, we kind of identified that and made sure that everything was right. Facilities, the next thing, and we're trying to make those all come together. We've got our presses ordered, you know, the dates for them. So now we're saying, all right, we need to have this facility built and at least signed soon yeah so that we have somewhere to put these presses we've yep. bought um so that's really where i went out to phoenix and i looked at a lot of that vegas's price was a bit higher um for rent like i think eight grand more and it just kept rising to mm-hmm. be like i think it was like 50 percent over budget in our like seventh year oh wow yeah because what we really decided when we were in phoenix we were looking for about a twenty-five thousand square foot facility and they gave us like a 37,000 square foot one for the price and budget. We're, yeah. It's great opportunity to expand. Exactly. And so yep. we started looking at it less of a satellite facility, but more like, no, this could be like we have here. We'll put five presses in it or four in it instead of two or three, you know, and we'll grow this out here. And as we look at our company, you know, I said 1998, you know, we built our company. It was around probably, I, I believe right now it's at, 52,000 or 58,000 square feet. At the time, it was around 27,000 square feet. 2010, we had already, we had planned a phase two. We knocked down that wall um, and we put in two more presses, a digital press as well. And now we're kind of at capacity. And so we're saying 98 to 2012, 12 to 21. It seems like there's like a 10 year thing here going on in our growth. So we're saying, okay, so let's, let's do instead of a three or five year lease, Let's look at seven and 10 and let's kind of build this facility out to, you know, mm-hmm. another YL that we could serve, you know, from here. And so that kind of changed things a little bit, but it changed it for the better. Of course. You know? So I want to stop you there for a second and, and um, the psychology from a business owner's standpoint on that. And I think you make a bunch of great points and you're in business, you're growing like crazy in Western PA, obviously servicing national um, clients and you see a need, you have bigger and bigger clients that are just further and further away. So from a financial execution standpoint, they're gonna want product faster. It makes sense now to migrate out west, which is kind of the philosophy of what you've taken. Then now you're looking at all these different areas. I wanna look at Henderson, Nevada, um, you know, basically Las Vegas, right? Mm. Phoenix, Glendale, a couple areas. So then you just talk about, okay, well, I have this budget, I have this forecast, I have this plan um, to basically um, uh, accommodate my needs as a business owner. Okay. So then you say, okay, well, I wanted a a certain 25,000 square foot facility, and now I'm getting the 37,000 square foot facility and for the same price, or even if it was maybe a little bit more, Mm. maybe it makes sense, right? I'm assuming right now, and this is just my guess, is you, you don't have the 
uh, the needs for the entire space right now. And a lot of that comes with what's coming in the future. So from a business owner, you look at a situation and you're like, hey, I know that we're good at what we do. I know that if we keep operating the way that we are, I don't know what's going to come. I don't know how it's going to come. It's just going to, it's going to work out. Mm -hmm. So there are certain times in business and certain decisions that you make that there's no, there's no number that's going to say, Hey, this, this makes sense for this reason. A lot of this is just that internal. I've been doing this for so long. Mm -hmm. I know what we're doing. If worst case scenario happens, here's the situation. If best case scenario happens, here's the situation. And now what we're doing is we're getting into a bigger, bigger facility, substantially bigger facility that's going to accommodate a 10-year, 15-year, 20-year growth yeah. from that. And that's something that I think a lot of people, it comes down to trusting your decisions as a business owner. That comes with time. That yeah. comes with success over time. And that, continue, that, that also comes with making decisions that were wrong at some point that you learn from the press thing that you, the piece that you missed on there. Right. So those things happen. There's going to be other things that happen that you make a mistake on, which we talked about, not the end of the world. It is what it is. And so from those standpoints, Hey, that's a, that's a great situation. It's a great opportunity for a business owner and look, you're in a great spot now. Yeah. And that's what I, I think people need to see that side of that too, is you're not guaranteed anything. You don't have a true definition of anything, so, I mean, I'm pretty accurate with the thought process on there. Exactly. You're, you're betting on yourself, but you're making sure that, you know, as you do those processes of, you know, because you're doing them every week and you're, and you're really instilling them and you're involved with your team, you're talking to your associates, you're improving constantly, you're watching your metrics and making sure, you know, I set this 10% goal from last year and I'm hitting it or I'm a little bit above it. Um, you know, that gives you the confidence to really bet on yourself and say, no, I've done the work and I'm looking at the forecast and what the forecast is telling me is, you know, 90 to 95%, this is going to be a really good move for me. And then you look at, you know, your past things, like you say, and you say, you know what, there, there would be a re there'd be no reason not to do this and bet on myself because hey, we're damn good at what we do. And it's not like all of a sudden we're gonna wake up tomorrow and say, we're not gonna yep. be good at what we do. So I, I think it's 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 almost like the fundamentals in baseball or, or football or anything or hockey. You're practicing, you're practicing, you're practicing. So when you walk onto that field, you know, or with, within anything, the military, anything, you walk out there and you know you've prepared. Um, and business is the exact same thing. It's, it's preparation, um, and, and it, that's where you meet success is preparing and then betting on yourself because we feel very strong about what we are. And, you know, in the end, when we look at that facility, we're like, well, this is great. Like, you know, we, we can grow into this, and there's a lot of room for us to. One of the things in Lean is you don't have a lot of shelf stock, a lot of store, you know, but we're like, we have an agreement. You know, we do a lot of things with our customers you know, agreements and, um, you know, rebates if you order so much from us. And even this Golden West, they have like a 50 or 60,000. I probably should be saying this because our other customers are going to go. Some of them, most of the West Coast have this, some of them don't. Mm -hmm. But they have like a 50 or 60,000 allowance on uh, shipping rushes. Yep. They're like, hey, take this out of, and we're like, yeah, sure, we'll of pay. course, you know. Well, we'll so. the other customers, well, let's let's uh, bump up the volume a little exactly. bit. We'll just, get those too, just a little bit more, <laughs> you know. Move move to the West Coast, build a facility on the West Coast, grow. Yeah, um, 
but yeah, no, I know that, hey, I can stalk stuff, you know, because we've grown this huge relationship where they know they can call me and they get whatever they want, whenever they want. And so now I can say, hey, I, the stuff you order all the time, I'm gonna put in this big warehouse that I have a couple presses, they're running a shift, but they're not gonna be able to produce everything. So I'm gonna run a lot of that here and ship it out there. And then when you call, it'll be five hours yeah. away from you. Well, look, we, you know, there are things that I do in business for certain clients that I don't do for everybody, mm -hmm. right? And those are earned things. Mm -hmm. um, I have one client in particular, he probably spends forty to $50,000 a year in custom suits. So if he wants alterations a thousand times a year, I'm gonna do that gonna for do him. That, yeah. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna drop whatever I have to do. I'm gonna prioritize. Look, I could turn suits around in 10 days if I need to. I don't do it for everybody. I'm also not going to even try to do it for everybody yeah. because look, if someone's buying one suit off me a year and they need it in, in, in 10 days, it's not worth the headache. Mm -hmm. It's not worth the stress. It's not worth the money that you make to, to get that. Exactly. But when it's someone that supports you, connects you with, I'll, I'll do certain things exactly. for certain people. Mm -hmm. And that's just the, that's a mutual appreciation and a mutual respect. And my favorite, we always talk about this. My favorite clients are the best clients that Hey, I don't want a discount from you. I just want good service. I exactly. want to pay and I want exactly. to pay because I, I want to pay that price because I know with that price comes the best service. Comes the service, comes the quality, you know, and, and they, it's always great when you get a customer who understands you as a supplier are an important thing in keeping their business running and they enjoy the time with you. What we do a lot at our, well, what, not a lot, but what we do at our company is we actually just have tiers. We have a tier one customer who, guess what? You get free samples anytime you want. Mm -hmm. You know, you call and you have something going on, you know, and you need a concept look going, we'll do it for free, don't even worry about it. Then, you know, you're tier two and you're tier three. And so, and it's based off of that, you know, are you gonna order labels off me once a year and it's gonna be this amount? Or are you ordering off me every week at this amount? You know, so yeah. it, it comes back to that kind of preparation because that's where you can kind of get stuck in things that we talked about. Like, you know, you're, you're doing things for people who, there's not the opportunity to create growth for yourself. And yet at some point you have to say, this isn't worth my time. I need to focus on the people who are helping grow my business, who appreciate my quality, my my hard work, and know that I take pride in servicing them. You know, yeah, no, it's 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 cool to 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 kind of watch this right from afar, essentially, and and kind of see because every time I talk to another business owner or I see something you're doing on social media or you know whatever it is, I I always compare myself to them because especially. Mm -hmm you guys have been in business this long. I hope that I can be yeah. in business that long. You're doing something right. So it's a, it's a different product. It's a different industry, but it's the same process. It's, it's yeah. the same thought process. And I think that's, what's really so cool is as you're talking about this, when I started my business, I, I had 18 employees at one time. Dude, I didn't even, we didn't even have a process down in Pittsburgh, <laughs> let alone in LA, in Miami. Employees. And I, and then I said, this isn't working. Right. And I cut back and I, we trimmed everybody down. It was me and Alvin at that time were the only two selling out of yeah. 16 or 18. We were doing almost a million dollars a year in sales with two people. And I'm like, man, we got this great team, which is really cool to tell everybody, Hey, we have 18 people 18 on our people. team. Sweet. And then you look back, it's like, why don't you stop? Why don't you go back to the basics, get better at what you're doing at this stage mm -hmm. and then grow. And that's kind of what's happened. The pandemic obviously has trimmed things out for us. And it's been a great situation, you know, in, in consideration of all things that happened through it for yeah. businesses. And on this side, my goal for this year was 
hey, the you know we did the masks obviously obviously last year. That was the saving grace for the company. Yeah. And then thank you again for the support on those too. Thank you. you were the first person, <laughs> one of the first people to call me for those, which was awesome. And then you know then we look at the end of last year, and I'm like, okay, well suits aren't coming back for a while, so let's get into casual wear. Yeah. So started launching casual wear. Then I get into January. I think we did like $25,000 in sales oh, in January man. for casual wear. I'm like, that's fucking great. That is. Well, then all of a sudden that went to shit because the, the next batch of casual wear came in. The patches were on the shoulder. Uh, and then I'm like, okay, the rest of this year is not about scaling the business. The mm. rest of this year is about getting good at ready to wear, making sure that process is good. That's right. That's a good thought process. So I, so I tell the numbers and I tell these things because my goal was like, okay, by the end of the end of 2021, I want to be doing 50 or 75,000 a month mm-hmm. in ready to wear. Now that's not a goal of mine. My goal is just to get good at what we're doing. Get good at it. And then we'll figure out the other shit at some point that comes down the road. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that, you know, it's a mindset to not rush to the ending goal because mm-hmm. there's no finish line in what I'm doing there. The, the, the the day-to-day task list is just about improving. Mm. And whether you improve a half percent, a percent a day, or 20% a day, it's all great stuff. And it all puts you in a position to be greater in the long term and also give more security within the organization yeah. or the business. Yeah. I, I think, you know, one of the excellent points you made there is, you know, you're focusing on your process. You're focusing on I, I can do a hundred thousand or hundred twenty thousand, but if I'm taking this much in defect and credit because it's not doing it right, it's not going to work out. And just as you grow, that's kind of been the real benefit of these cross-functional teams and stuff. Is I I for years in production saw work up front that I was like, because we really knew the processes back in the back, but up front we really didn't have a ton of processes. We had a way of doing it. And these cross-functional teams, you know, I didn't have time to do that. Now that my sister is in charge of that and recognizes that, now all of a sudden I I don't have to focus that. So as you grow and you come in, you know, to these and into you know the industry bigger, and you come into needing more associates things, that's where you could really that's where you get the benefit of people who have your mindset. You could go, hey, I need you to get this process right. I want to continue sales growth in this. And if you get this process right, instead of it being 100,000 with 10,000 in defects, it'll be 115,000, you know? And so that's, I think you're looking at it very much in the right way of, you know, I got to make sure my processes are right because anytime something comes back, anytime something's messed up, it just puts you in a bind. It puts you in a hole and it, it puts you in a place where you can't serve the next customer as efficiently as you're planning on because you're like, I got to go back and do this rework and that, yeah. that's the last thing you want to do. Yeah, and that even messes with your mental psyche of confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, the the hey, the more alterations we have on suits or the more refunds or, ter- or returns on ready-to-wear, it's a kick in the ass. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're not... We shouldn't be doing that. I thought we were good, you know? And, exactly. And look, the, the the nature of the beast is there's going to be those things. Those are situations that are part of this process. How, how can you limit those? How can you curb those as much as you possibly can so you can make as much margin as you possibly can in any, any transaction? But, you know, there are times of the year where this was probably in 2016 or so. Um, very first year we were in business for an entire month and a half our suit jackets, the arms were being sewn straight down. And as if you notice on a human, you're, you're, when you're standing tall, your arms hang forward. Yeah. So whenever the jacket arms are hanging straight down, as soon as you put the jacket on, it's going to pull in the armpit. Uh, 
and I had no idea what I w- what was happening. And it took me about a month to figure it out working with my tailor. Like, damn, like it's it's not us measuring incorrectly. It's our factory. Yeah. And that sucked a lot of the energy out of me. Because it was one of those things that makes you want to quit. Yeah, because you're just like. <sighs> You look at yourself and you go, am I prepared for this? Am I able to do this? You know, I had one today where, you know, we're 52 years and I feel we've had just a record-breaking year last year, record-breaking months this year. Every month this year has been a top 10 best month for for us. Good for you guys. It's awesome. It's been phenomenal. I'm so proud of the work the team does. But I walk in today to two, two heirs that, you know, you hit it right on the head. You're like, aren't we better than this? Aren't, aren't we better than this? And as I look at it and I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what's going on here, you know, I see pretty much, it's just a, you know, a lack of attention mistake. And those are the hardest to fix. But what I'm going to do tomorrow morning is get up, go in and try to figure out what's kind of the template I can put in place to ensure, like I said, this never happens again. And that's, I think, what you really, you know, you talked about that that thought. That's where you got to go. You know what? No, I'm going to make this make us better, make me better, and we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna move forward. Is yeah. what we're gonna do. Every every opportunity in business is an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to grow, and an opportunity to get better. Yeah. And I think a lot of people see those situations that you run into like that, a 52 year old business that runs into that problem, a three year old business, a five year old business that runs into that problem. Cause it's easier to shell up and it's easier to walk away or it's easier to be pissed off about that. Mm-hmm. But those situations and the constant want to improve those situations are why you're in business for 52 years and you're going to be in business for another 52 years. And I always encourage people like embrace those things. It's okay to be upset about it. It's mm-hmm. okay to be frustrated, but don't let that dictator change anything for the future. Let that sit in your stomach and upset you a little bit because it shows that you care and you have a a soul and empathy towards that. But the same token, brush that shit off, face it, knock it out and make that a priority to to be, hey, all these other tasks that aren't as important or that I was going to get done later this week. I'm either going to offset that to somebody Mm -hmm. else because this has to be a priority because there's obviously an issue that we're running into right now. And that mm-hmm. needs attention, which is probably why you're going to be doing it first thing tomorrow. Exactly. And, and exactly. And what you said there is it's powerful because you, if that's getting to you, it's if, if it's burning in you and eating you inside, it's great because it means you're passionate about yeah. the work you do and you have pride in the work you do. And that's number one, what a characteristic you just want to have, you want to have in your associates. And so having that, and then like you said, and then saying, okay, then brush it off. It isn't the end of the world. You know, it's what happens. And do you want to happen it happening again? No. So put together a plan to fix it and let's get it done and let's move forward. You yeah. know, so we, we had this experience recently with, with uh, Krista when I, her and I talk back and forth about scenarios that we run into and she, sometimes we have clients that are just, they're just assholes and um, you know, they're paying for a premium product and, and they're assholes. I'll bring you whatever you want, <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> right. And I was telling her this situation, she needed a garment in for, it was a deadline. It was a pre- We knew that from the beginning. We, we got it in five days to spare, which leaves us enough time to alter it. Well, she takes the garment and then the monogram for the initials are wrong. Ugh. Okay, cool. Like it, it's a day fix. It's not the end of the world. Right. Then the pant leg needed adjusted again, standard procedure, but that person went 
AWOL. Yeah. And it's like, I tell, and I told Chris, I'm like, look, at the end of the day, it's not a heart. It's a suit. We're going to make it work. So you can, you could sit there and take it from that person and just keep it in the back of your mind that they're unhappy in their life for them to be that upset about something. I feel bad that they're that upset. We know on our end, we're going to make it right. Mm -hmm. But just to the same point, man, there are situations like that where it eats away at me for days because I know that when we put a product out and I know what people expect and I know what most people get when they work with us. Mm. They're very happy. They're blown away with the product. They're blown away with the, the suit. And they, we're providing a product that allows, uh, in my opinion, a life-changing feeling. It's mm-hmm. a, it's amount of confidence. It's, it's the way they walk somewhere. It's the way they can conduct an interview. Mm-hmm. It's, it's they feel like a superhero yeah, when they put it on. It's a suit of armor. It's, right? You know, it's, and you, you're, you're like, this is for me only. Yeah. You know? And, and that's, so whenever somebody doesn't have that experience, it, it, it could, dude, it could take me, I, I'm now at a point where, hey, give me a couple hours, I'm good. Yeah. It still bothers me because I'm like, fuck, I just wish they would have had what everybody else has had. Yeah. And I also then have to say, look, there's still human beings making our product. There's still stuff mm-hmm. that's in there, like we talked about at the beginning, that there's things that are going to happen. You mm-hmm. have to just factor it in that in your business, in my business, there's always going to be a small percentage of fuck ups. Yep. And you just fix it and make it and yeah. go on. And again, if you make the service and 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 um, the service, the the follow up, all that stuff match and mirror what the suit should be, you should earn that person back. But yeah. it is hard. Yeah, you I, care. I and you know, when you look at it, the only thing you can control is how you react to that. You can't control the fuck ups that are gonna come that we've talked about that are bound to come. The only thing you can get fucking control is how I, am I going to react to this and how am I going to make it right for my customers so he, they, he or she has that experience that I want them to have and, want, and wants to go out and tell others because you and I both know, you know, advertising is so, so great, but like we talk, word of mouth is, is so massive, you know, because people, they just trust their friends. They trust, and whenever you're speaking, spoken of highly by someone, they're, they're okay, I, 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 that's my guy then. And they won't go anywhere else. No. So West Coast is coming for you. Yep. Um, obviously, that's a huge project for the many, many years to come. Um, what's next on top of that? Is it just getting out there, expanding, putting your foot down in that area and putting that footprint and just expanding? Is there anything else on, on the docket for the future? Or tell that, me a little bit about that, too. I, I think in the end, you know, that's really our focus. But we also are very aware of, you know, the the work we're moving out there and the work we're going to try to grow out there, it needs to be replaced back home. So that's a kind of a number one on the agenda. You know, I was talking with my father the other day. I said, I feel so confident about our plan, about the way we have things going. I said, I think the one main thing we have to concentrate on and always keep the back of our mind right now, our three-year sales plan looks great. We've got a lot of agreements in for two to three years, feeling very comfortable with it. But we got to look at that seven. What markets are we going to try to penetrate? And we do a phenomenal job on the production side, but let's make sure we're doing just as phenomenal side on the sales for that future. But as we grow that, we're going to look to grow it to three shifts out there, you know, get it pretty similar to what we have here. And then really, you know, it's what the customer dictates. You know, at some point it could be, you know, those the produce growers, hey, no, we have facilities down in Mexico now. You know, we're opening a plant down in Mexico so we can go longer into mm-hmm. the winter or, or you know, something like that. And we, we want you down here and this is how much. Oh, come to Mexico. Or, of course. Yeah, up in 
uh, you know, British Columbia, there's, there's all sort there's growing up there, you know, who knows where this, uh, uh, pharmaceuticals will go with cannabis, you know, yep. uh, when I was talking with them, you know, a lot of them are tier, those tier one customers. We were talking about out our meeting the other day and I said, you know, there's really not a top dog in this industry right now. It's, it's a bunch of, you know, small players trying to work their way to the top dog as this becomes legal throughout, you yep. know, medicinal or recreational throughout all 50 states. It's like, so we got to really pay attention to who's the top dog here in this industry at the end and really be the person. The reason we're servicing all of them, though, is we're saying we don't know and we want them to know the name Uresic no matter what, whenever, you know, if yours shuts down and you move to that big guy. So it's really about, okay, and that could be, you know, up, you know, through Washington and everywhere, or it could be down in Texas, you know, Texas is huge. Mm -hmm. It's massive. It's a great hub area. Um, So it's, but it's really all about what the customer's demand is. You know, what, what is the customer demanding us and where do we need to be for our top customers? So, and that is an exact example about the line analogy that we said before you, you have a start and you have a finish and you're going to (laughs) go sidetracked and that's all it is. You, 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 be nimble enough to be good. Mm-hmm. Be nimble enough to to be progressive as well, and that's that's what it comes down to. So, for for the business owners that are listening to this, talk to me about the dynamics of size of clients that you can work with. Obviously, there's probably a excuse me a quantity of sorts. Mm-hmm. There's got to be some expectations that make sense for um, you know somebody to want to be able to work with you guys. Yeah. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about that here? Yeah, I mean, where we're at, um, typically, you know, and we we have the ability, we have a digital press that we can print one label, but the astronomical price you're going to get is, um, but typically, you know, as we look, you know, anywhere from 10 to 12,000 labels is kind of where we start out with somebody. If you're ordering that many labels, that's where we're going to go into our normal quotes kind of started. 12,000, 24,000, 48,000, but you have customers. It's so funny because you never know with some customers. They're like, and then give me the 240,000 one. I want to see the price spikes. And you're like, so wait, you're either ordering 12,000 labels or 240,000. They just want to see your price. Of course. But yeah, we right around 12,000 and then sky's the limit. We're, we're working on a Marvel thing right now where it's a, it's a code for an offer. Um, it sticks onto a Marvel comic. You peel it and you get to the internet and it gives you an offer. They do, I believe it's 30 million labels a quarter. So we're really trying to get into that. Uh, and we've been working pretty hard on that project because, you know, my father may not know who Marvel is. <laughs> but you do. I definitely know. <laughs> I got an email today. Uh, the code user we're using um, was like, hey, I, I can't remember the name of the code user, but uh, they were like, it, Disney's, Disney's, uh, uh, lawyers they're not going to agree to this so they just recommend you sign it and i was like you have fun dealing with disney's lawyers because just say yes and sign the document but uh good for you that's a good opportunity man great opportunity a little bit out of our realm too we had a new sales rep come on uh from out uh out on the east coast and brought this opportunity and we decided you know it's another thing where you know we don't really do this type of work we have the ability on other presses but we're kind of, so what we're doing is, is we're saying, I have this machine that does it on this press, but I need this press to do it because it's such a large run. So we're running it over here and then bouncing it over here for the first couple and then saying, all right, if we get this and we get a contract locked in, we'll buy that machine for this machine. 
and then we'll be gravy. We won't have any problems, but it's about jumping those hurdles, you know? And so we were doing that today and they look great and I'm super looking forward. I'm like, hey, if I could get some free Marvel Disney stuff out of this for my kids <laughs> and shit, you know? <laughs> well, dude, that's, and that's another point of the whole expansion in business, man. And, and like right now I'm working on a John, I seen is obviously one of my bigger yes. clients and we're doing a bunch of, he just bought 30 suits off me for the fast nine movie. I mean, his success, congratulations thank to you, you and you. him on that. That's, that's amazing. So please. Yeah. Continue. Thank you. And, and where I kind of talk about that, as you mentioned, the sales rep that comes on with the relationship with Marvel and all this other stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I work with John, I do a lot of stuff at all of his movies we're doing I, I actually designed a couple suits for the movie oh, nice. so I'm pretty, awesome. yeah I'm pretty excited about that that's and awesome. um, but you don't know what that leads to right and that's mm-hmm. the same thing with that rep that comes on you don't know what that leads yeah. to and at any point I can get a call or the, t- the company can get a call for a massive project hey we have this movie that John's in and we want every every security guy to wear a suit from you yeah. or and that's the beauty of the unknown about building the business. Mm-hmm. And it also is the beauty of the line analogy. I don't know what direction it's going to take us, but I know that I'm going to, I'm going to, if, 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 Hey, they want, if they want a hundred suits in a certain deadline, I'll do it. I'll figure out. You just say yes. <laughs> I'll figure out how to do it because I know I've figured shit out in the past mm-hmm. and it's always worked, mm-hmm. you know? And if it's something that's truly unrealistic, you, Hey, let me put a curve on this a little bit. Hey, I can do this exactly. for sure. But this is what I'm not sure I can do, but I'll try. Mm-hmm. Yep, that, that'll happen in my world where it's it's just, hey, I don't have that capability in that machine, but I can do this for you. And if you would like that, it, it mimics this or it's this. But and then here's some recommendations of people I've learned from TLMI or the European organization, Fenot. You know, these are people who are good friends and they actually do do this all the time. I'd recommend them, you know, and that's how you, you know, you and I plenty of times, you know, you reach out, hey, can you do this for me? Can you do that? But um, I can't, but let me see if I can find a guy for you, you know? And so that just creates that networking. And and like you said, you never know what's going to come from that networking on, on the next day or the next month. And so you just say yes to the opportunity and try to do it the best you can. And if it's out of your wheelhouse, you say you offer what you can do and or to say uh, but i also got this guy and i want to throw him some business as well yeah absolutely so kind of wrapping up here to to me right so you've been around a long time in this business in this industry you've you've literally lived and breathed it for your entire life yes what is for those people that are starting businesses out there and are early in a business stage what has been the most rewarding aspect of what you've been a part of um and then talk about the psychological side of that too. You know, um, what it's done for you as a man, as a person, as you've grown, as you've grown with your family, mm-hmm. has business played into that? Has your, has your experience played into that? So kind of talk about the, the, the wow factor or the appreciation factor of what you've gained from this as an overall person. Uh, and I want to try to, you know, not give like crazy cliche answers or anything like that. Um, I think one, one big thing that, you know, I absolutely love is on the end of the month when, when we're breaking a record month or we're hitting our numbers well above, you know, there's this, there's this, you know, adrenaline that comes through me. And if I'm by myself, I'm, oh, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so as I'm, what that adrenaline is, that feeling is this this huge amount of pride that I have in all the workers who worked so hard for us. Um, 
that to me is one of the biggest things that my father's taught me and my grandfather instilled in him is, and that is so rewarding is providing a great work environment for associates that makes them happy so that they can live a life and their family can live a life that's happy. It just comes back in abundance whenever you get, you know, you do something that's simple for you, but for them, it's so big of, you know, Hey, I got, you know, my grandma's and you're like, yeah, go ahead. You know? And then they come back, you know, or, you know, just conversations you have with them when you're really trying to get to the core root of them. And, you know, they understand you're listening and they're being heard and they, they're just like, I really appreciate that you're talking to me about this and you understand. That to me has been so rewarding. Also working with my family every day, you know, not every business opportunity, you know, but working with my family, learning how intelligent and brilliant they all can be from my mother, who's still, uh, you know, she did payroll at the business, but still is, you know, uh, on our board of directors and, uh, you know, is always checking in on me about the company, my grandmother, my sisters, my brothers who've worked there. I mean, everybody's worked there, even my sister who's a teacher and uh, my uh, other sister who's a uh, uh, cake decorator at Oakmont Bakery. Shout out Oakmont. Right. I should have had you bring out some of that some sweets, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, even they were, you know, secretary, but, you know, getting that interaction and now really with, you know, my sisters who are there and my father and getting that interaction with my father, learning the kind of man he is, how he thinks and just, you know, it's interesting because you always put your father up here, superhero, and then working with my father, you know, that opens your eyes to, wow, this man can definitely make mistakes. Yep. But learning to deal with them as he has and and the and those things that he's not only instilled in me but instilled in the culture of our company and i see it blossom through everybody uh, it, it just that's where that adrenaline and pride comes from and so it, when i'm at my house i'll be doing stuff that relates to lean or you know or just breaking down processes and you all of a sudden you realize you're like it's entered my home life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's you live and breathe it, man. Mm -hmm. But it's 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 done so much benefit for the business. Mm -hmm. Business and personal is all similar. It's very similar, and and you can't. You're like, no, this is the right way to do things, and so this is how I'm going to do it. And it's you know, it's another part of that mindset of challenging yourself and everything that you're trying to accomplish throughout your day is, you know, I want to challenge myself at, at being the best at doing this the right way, whether it's, you know, flipping a bottle on top of itself to, you know, running a, a, a flexographic press. I want to figure out how to do it the best and be the best at it because, I've, and I've always told people in my, in my uh, company, you know, if you're not a business owner and you're working, you can't move up until you train somebody to have your job. So you become the best, you train somebody to be your second and best. And then all of a sudden, hey, you get to move up, you know? Yeah. And so that's a huge thing too, as, as I look at that is um, just trying to not, there's a quote my dad uses for Vince Lombardi and it's about uh, nobody's gonna be perfect, but we're gonna chase perfection until we reach excellence. And I think that's a great quote from Vince Lombardi. I love, I love yeah. that. So I, as we're talking and, and wrapping things up here, 
every time I have somebody on here, I, I really love listening to the story. I really love, you know, hitting the pain points. I love hitting the, 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 what drives them. But I also selfishly, I compare myself to everybody that I have on here. And I'm, I am fortunate enough to have the opportunity to sit across the table from somebody who has been a part of a legacy of 52 years and me being in business for the last five, six years, I listen to everything that you guys are saying with the expansion, with the growth, how you operate internally, that the way you treat your team, the way you treat your family, the way you treat everybody, and even in, in your clients and customers as well. And what I find so motivating and so fascinating, and this is really why I wanted to get into business and what made me believe that I could do these things was I can see my business now in 52 years because everything that you guys are doing are things that I'm either currently doing or I have in the back of my mind that at different stages in business, these are the next steps that I have to be, have to do. This year, we're improving our shipping packaging because I believe presentation is super important. We, we weren't able to before because it's, a, it's an expense that you don't realize. It's thousands mm -hmm. of dollars to have custom boxes or to mm -hmm. present the shipping properly. So those are things that my goal for this year is getting the ready to wear going and also getting the package and increasing the experience. And I'm fortunate to have two amazing people on my team with Chris and Derek who do the digital, the creative and the targeting and things of that nature. And over the weekend, they just updated our website. And I'm like, I look at it over the weekend. I'm like, man, this is another stage in success. Yeah. And, and you know, we had an opportunity in 2017 to, to partner um, officially with Cena where he was gonna take a piece of ownership awesome. of my company. And it didn't work out. And he actually told me, hey, you don't need me. You've done this without me. I just want to be along for the ride. And it was the most rewarding. That's awesome. That's it was great. so cool. And um, so I say that because I look back now and I'm 100% in control of everything that we have. Everything I've done since the since day one has had the intentions of doing what you guys are doing. And then mm. I applaud you guys because... I know in a, in a very recent five-year term that it's worked. Mm. And it's just been being a good person, treating people well, doing what's right, doing what you say you're gonna do, and wake up every day trying to get better. Mm -hmm. And those are the simple things that I've implemented into my day-to-day -day personal and day-to-day -day professional life, which are things that your grandfather started 52 years ago instilling that in the foundation and you're going to pass it on to your beautiful kids that you have you. and then their kids that they have and so on and that's the amazing part about a legacy that your family's created and i i genuinely appreciate the hell out of you dude i i literally it's been two almost two hours i could talk to you for another <laughs> we two could, hours we could. chris is in there and he's probably mad at me for <laughs> for continuing to go on but i i I truly, man, you're one of those people that I don't see all the time, mm. but the respect that I have for you and your family is just incredible. And it's going to be fun to watch the expansion out West. It's going to be a, be fun to just see what you guys have in there. Um, and then hopefully in another year or two, I can have you back on and, yeah. and we just, I give me an update on what's going on yeah. there. I'll share some updates on that and, and we'll go from there. So um, I appreciate you, man. I want to make sure people can reach out to you, get yes. in touch with you. Um, so website, uh, uh, social media, any stuff of that, email for the company. However, we can have some potential business owners reach out to you. I always want to make sure, and we're also going to put that in the show notes and all that yep. stuff. So um, is, is there any anybody branding bu business on, on your end that people could follow, people can reach yeah, out to? Um, you could go to yelfresh.com. That's our main website, yelfresh.com. Um, your ECIC label, Y-E-R-E-C-I-C. 
L-A-B-E-L on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, we have amazing videos that my sister's done on YouTube. Uh, it's strictly about our facility, some of the things we talked about, our continuous improvements, um, just our hiring, uh, tours of our facilities. So on YouTube, Euresic Label, type it in, you'll see us. Um, so I think that's all of it. Uh, an email, there's tons of them. So yeah. if you go to the website, click on an email, somebody will definitely get in touch with you. We're out here to sell for sure. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, I, again, Josh, I appreciate it, man. Um, thank the wife for letting you leave the house and get out here for me, and, and I appreciate the time. And um, I'm, I want to come out to your facility at some point, too, and, and just check it out. Yeah, yeah, I, I was going to say, that. well, one, no wife. <laughs> she's been she's been gone for oh, three years. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Yeah, so I'm doing this all. Well, good, good for you, man. The, Keep it rolling. Kids, good you for know? you. I'm doing it good all. For you. I love it. Good um, for she, you. She's a good person, man. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no. I was gonna say, like, when we started, I was like, I don't think he's actually ever been out. So. I never. Yeah, no. I want you to come out because I think when you walk out, that was one of the things that you were talking about at the beginning. Is you know. You go to some facilities, you're like, what the hell's going on yeah. here? And you go to some, that's the difference between lean and you'll see it in our place. And I think when you go there, you'll just, you'll really get a ton out of just seeing, you know, things that you've read about things, because I know you're always constantly continuing to, uh, to gain your more knowledge sure. in business. So. I definitely would love to have you out. Just let me know when you want to come out and I should be there because yeah. I'm pretty much always there. No, I, I, I want to and I will and, and I'll do that. And obviously with COVID ending here, hopefully soon, yep. um, I, I'd love to because I, as I've been growing the marketing business and the clothing business, I've had an opportunity to tour businesses that I never would have before. Mm. And I'm blown away with just how amazing it is. And, and I know talking with the people and seeing what's happening. I just, with my journey, I know how much has gone into that with the TLC and yeah. the love and the attention of everything. And it's your life, man. And it is. so you pour all that passion in it. So I appreciate you, man. Very, very appreciative of you being here. Can't wait to see what you got going on. And, and uh, those of you who are listening, this this episode was a lot of fun. Um, stay tuned. We got a bunch of other cool episodes coming up here in the near future, but uh, Uresic label, uh, incredible friend, Josh Uresic, good friend of mine, incredible product family is, is the best. So um, you guys need to check them out and, and, uh, Make sure you support another beautiful uh, Pittsburgh business. So, yep. all right, guys, thanks again, and we'll catch you next week. Have a good one. Thank you, bud.